we'll see what we come up with on the retirement bill this afternoon. So with that, uh, Mike, who's staffing us? Okay, Lisa. So Jim Setzler has some questions. I see he's not here, so. Uh, well, um, Mr. Chairman, I think where we left off, we did go through uh, through the various points of the bill. We went through the funding pieces, the governance pieces. There were a number of questions. There are a couple of amendments um, that, that Why don't we take up the First Amendment and see what that does? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Chairman, there was, uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you. Mr. Chairman, um, the only amendment that was placed on the bill at Ways and Means was an amendment that the Joint Committee had discussed that clarifies the authority uh, that the Investment Commission can grant to the Chief Investment Officer to make investment decisions. In the bill, based on some of the uh, outside auditors' reports, in request from the Investment Commission, we allowed the Chief Investment Officer to make investment decisions up to 2% of the total fund uh, without having to have a formal vote of the board so that there would be some discretion on these relatively smaller uh, investment decisions. Um, the committee wanted to have some language put in place to pr have some guidelines, uh, and uh, I, the Senator from Dorchester has looked over that language, I believe, Senator from Dorchester. And um, I, I will need to defer to him as to what he thought. So, but that is an amendment that um, is on the table. And uh, I asked Senator George, Dorchester just to chime in on that amendment before we take it up. Mr. Chairman. So, so the, the amendment basically, as, as uh, uh, Senator Shaheen mentioned, uh, provides some leeway to, to the chief investment officer. The, the, the language in here different than the bill states that the um, that the the chief investment officer has that ability uh, to 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 invest funds within that two two percent rule as long as the and I'm looking for the language right now I apologize um, um, has some liquidity in has liquidity of 90 days or less and also includes that the investment has to be in publicly tradable uh, investment um, uh, vehicles. I personally am not. It personally does not make that big of a difference to me. I think uh, I would. I would. I would personally be opposed to the amendment. I think the language in the bill um, provides the leeway that we should should provide to the chief investment officer. I think the ability to to um, utilize. 2% of the of the fund balance is a is a fairly small amount of money in the scheme of things. It's a large dollar amount of money, but it's not a large percentage of the overall account balance. I think that those chief investment officer needs that ability to to react sometimes and be a little more opportunistic from time to time. Um, not necessarily, in my view, not necessarily from a gain perspective of, of capturing upside, but, but probably more accurately be used as a defensive measure on the downside. So I personally am, am comfortable with the language as it came out of the, out of the bill. Um, and and I, think, I think by micromanaging that 
by using what types of investments and what types of, of liquidity, um, I think is just is not necessarily an enhancement of the policy. So, Mr. Chairman, with that evaluation by the senator from Dorchester, unless there's objection, what I would do is move to carry this amendment over, and, and we can take it up on the floor and, and have further evaluation. So I would move to carry this amendment over. Second. Okay. So you're moving to carry over. What's the next amendment, Lisa? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The next amendment is an amendment that I've been working on on the last week or so uh, in consultation with Mike Hitchcock and others. And that amendment has been circulated. And it really does two things. But the goal here is to make sure that we get objective, uh, ob objective and open and honest uh, opinions from the actuaries who are hired in the system. So it does two things to try to accomplish that. Number one, uh, it provides that the Retirement System Investment Commission will be a third-party beneficiary to the contract that PIBA has with the actuary. And the goal of that is so that all actuarial valuations will be provided fully and openly, not just to PIBA, but also to the Investment Commission. So that's one thing that this amendment does. The second thing the amendment does is every, I believe it's four years, uh, PIBA will designate an actuary. And this says that they designate who the actuary is, but that that will be subject to the approval of the State Fiscal Accountability Authority. And the reason that I'm proposing this is I want our actuaries to understand, and I think it needs to be very clear, uh, that this is not just some uh, ivory tower work that's being done, um, that this information needs to be shared, it needs to be objective, and that there are some political appointees who have a role in the process. Um, I'll share with you why this was important to me. I was here in late, late 2000s when we uh, changed the Terry proposal. And I can very well remember asking, what do the actuaries say about whether this is sound and will work? And the answer was, it'll all be fine. And I want to make sure that as we make these changes, uh, that there is real accountability and real openness and sharing of the information from the actuary. These are not major changes to the bill. They're slight changes, but I think it'll help in that regard. And that's why I propose them. Well, you've heard uh, Senator Haynes uh explanation of this amendment. Uh, any questions, comments? Senator Embry. Senator Shaheen, if, you, if you'll yield for a quick sure. question. And I, I, it's, it's just, I just, I don't have my head around um, some of the terms I guess you're using, right? It's just my lack of understanding. But when you say that you're making the actuary a third-party beneficiary, that's the magic term of art that I'm not quite grasping. Could you Sure, let me flesh it out a little bit. You'll just kind of, I mean, I, I like your idea. I'm just right. trying to figure out. I just want to make sure, sure I can explain so it. So remember, we have PIBA, and under this system, they are going to be hiring, hiring the actuaries, which means they owe the actuary who all this is based on and will be into the future, uh, will be reporting to PIBA, will provide information to PIBA, and for all intents and purposes will treat people like the boss. That world can get pretty isolated in my experience. Um, 
So what this does, it says not only do you owe obligations to PIBA, but you will also owe obligations to the investment commission who will be a third-party beneficiary. Legally, when they become a third-party beneficiary, essentially the only effect of that is, I've been informed, is that the um, actuaries will then have to share their information with the investment commission as well as with PIBA. In other words, the investment commission doesn't have to go to PIBA and say, hey, can we get this information? By giving them that designation, it gives them the freedom to release that information to others that might... Will, will that information be subject to a freedom of information request from anybody, or would it just be subject to the invest, Investment Commission's request? So it's not just a request from the Investment Commission. They're going to send an Investment it, Commission at the same right, time right. they would PIBA. That's part of being a third-party beneficiary. Uh, we do not change anything in this bill relating to FOIA, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure how FOIA works in the system right now. So. Fair enough. Thank you. I appreciate that. No one else. I'm in this question. Move adoption. A motion to adopt the amendment. Second. And a second. Any further discussion? Hear none. Any objection? Hear none. It's adopted. What's the next one? That's the last amendment, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, can, may I ask one question, please? Um, we've had some uh, social media posts today by the treasurer. Had somebody send it to me to ask me, was it true? Um, this is um, treasurer on the Twitters. Quote, waiting to hear if legislature wants to pay $70 million to change custodian from treasurer, quote, whistleblower, to those that squandered billions. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I ask you, is it true, or does staff know if it's true, that the passage of this bill will cost $70 million? And Shane, you have an idea on that? And Lisa? It's $70 million to change custodian from the treasurer. You go ahead, and then I'll chime in. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let Lisa answer that question, and then I'll be happy to chime in as well. The, the $70 million that's being referred to has to do with the, with the settlement with the Bank of New York Mellon. And it is, um, it is an outstanding debt that is, that is out there. It is not recognized. The concern is that should the custodial bank change, um, that I think what he is expressing so, is so that there may be a bank. recognition of, of that debt. There is, there are no plans to change the custodial bank, and even if the bank were to change, there is no um, indication that there would need to be any recognition of that debt at, at that time. So Okay, well, I was just quoting him because I wanted to quote him correctly. It says, waiting to hear if legislature wants to pay $70 million to change custodian from treasurer. So he's saying he's the custodian to those that squandered billions. The, the bill does not change the custodial bank, if that's... Okay, but now, but he's the custodian, according to him. I want to make sure we're not doing anything there to... The bill does change the custodian. The custodian of that, um, 
it removes him from being a custodian, but that does not um, mean any further recognition of, of that outcome. So that doesn't cost us $70 million? No, sir. I guess my question is, why would the treasurer be trying to deceive the public? I guess that's what, but that's probably not for this committee, but we'll find that later. Leave that to somebody else to make that determination. Thank you, staff and Mr. Chairman. Anyone else? Uh, I want to thank you and I want to thank Senator Kershaw and other members of the Joint Committee on the work they've done. Right. I, I, a great deal of trust in this on what y'all have done and I trust trust you all. Uh, did you happen to take a look at other states? Is there a state we should model when it comes to their retirement benefits to employees? Mr. Chairman, um, in fact, uh, Senator from, from Cherokee, interestingly enough that you asked that, Part of what the Funston evaluation did was make recommended changes or recommend changes in our system to reflect what other states that were efficient and effective did. So many of the changes that you heard staff read out relating to the Funston report were indeed bringing our system into uh, line more with other states, which is exactly, I think, what your point was. Thank you. And, and the Funston report was that we were overly cumbersome not streamlined enough, and somewhat archaic in the structure, unlike many other states. And so this is an attempt to try to remedy much of that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, uh, Senator Peeler, I, I would also add on that that um, we, we certainly have looked at other states and will continue to look at other states for, as the Senator from Beaufort commented earlier today about the next phase. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can take from plan design and any alterations to the plan moving forward. Um, I think that's an area that we will, we will dig in quite deeply to what other states are doing in addition. Peter, it would be my intent, and I think and hope it would be the speaker's intent to leave this joint committee in place, let them keep working to see how what they're proposing works. Does it need changing? It does. We said we can't change it. But I do know this. We've got to do something to solve this problem. And I think uh, what I've seen here, and I applaud the uh, Joint Committee, I think they've done a terrific job in bringing something to this committee and onto the full Senate uh, that hopefully will start addressing this. I believe it will. Hope it will. So we shall see. Got a motion for adoption. And a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none. Any objection? Hearing none, it's adopted. It will be sent to the floor of the Senate uh, as not amended. I think there was no no amendment. Okay, as amended. Okay. okay.